What's up, everybody, and welcome to Panels and Pictures, Miss Adventureland's comic book, movie, and comic book-related media podcast. I'm Bobby. I'm here with Justin. Hi. Justin, this podcast is presented in 16 by 9 to preserve my artistic vision. Are you sure you want that? Are you absolutely I'm positive? I'm positive. All right. So then. I have put us in 4 by 3 our individual squares, because we're a vertical medium. We're not a, we, you know... We're not we're not a widescreen medium. Do we rise uh, like superheroes? We do rise like superheroes. We rise and we dawn like justice. We are going to be talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League, which is, I guess, now the official title of the Snyder Cut. Um, premiered this past week on HBO Max. It is a four-hour behemoth of a film. Justin and I watched it together. Um... <laughs> Uh, and, uh, we are gonna, we're gonna review that, um, before we get to that though, just really quick, uh, today before we were recording, uh, uh, Disney made some announcements, Disney slash Marvel made some announcements, uh, Black Widow, which was set to come out last year, last summer, and then was reslated to come out this May 7th is now being pushed to July 9th. And along with that will be subsequently and simultaneously released on Disney plus with their sort of, you know, um, $30 premium charge, um, for, for the movie. Um, and that means that, uh, Shang-Chi is getting pushed back from, uh, July 9th into September now. Um, yeah. which means we will have a Marvel movie in September, a Marvel movie in November and a Marvel movie in December. It's a blessed and life then, we live with blessed life and then whatever shows are going to be in the fall which we I don't think we have been confirmed yet what, what what's going to be in the fall but um yeah so that that's the mcu news uh i am disappointed we have to wait another two months for black widow um but i'm also equally disappointed because i'm going to be fully vaccinated by may 7th i could have been in that movie theater seeing that movie <laughs> you could have um but we'll have to just wait till july and then yeah. you could still go to the movie theater if you want to and i'll then i will I, but then i will go to the movie theater and pay for it and then come home and then pay for it again um so, sounds like a good idea sounds this like a is, great idea this is an acceptable use of of funds sounds sound sounds like a, a great way to use your money I, it is going to be very nice though i think um it, it, very nice for people who live in areas or countries that um, their vaccination plan isn't as, I think, um, uh, sped up as ours is right now. Um, so uh, I, I totally understand. I totally understand, too, pushing it to July if you're going to release it simultaneously because it, you, the theaters have more of a chance in July than they do in May. If they release it in May, I think, at, in both places, the, the theater numbers would be extremely low. Yeah. Um, so they're giving both a chance. Um, Peach did not see this announcement. Um says it'll be even more sweet to watch it. So I've, uh, uh, I've been trying to explain to Peach over the course of like four streams what the Snyder Cut is. And okay. Every time I type out this very long paragraph about what this movie actually is, she gets raided and the message gets buried and we never <laughs> go back to it. 
Well, now so, she shall learn if she's gonna yeah. if she because we're gonna explain it, it. Yeah, I think it's a good idea to maybe explain. What oh, we the will. Hell this is. We're going to explain what it is. So, um, but anyway, that, that's what's going on with Marvel. Uh, um, so, looking forward to that. Of course, uh, I'm very excited about that. I wonder what's going to happen with Shang Chi, um, in September and the other movies this year. I wonder if they're going to be theater only or if they're going to bring them to. Um, I mean, I guess it'll see. Well, maybe it'll, they're waiting on seeing what uh. What success Black Widow has with Disney Plus, like what numbers they do from it. Yeah. And I mean, uh, they've been very like um, they've been very like weird about how they announce this stuff. But most of their all of their big movies are going to end up on Disney Plus. So so this year uh, so far, because they, they announced Cruella is also going to is also going to do the same thing. Oh, interesting. Um, so we'll see what happens. That's staying in May, though, I think. End of May. Um, so anyway. We're here. To, we're here to talk about that. Though. We're here to talk about the the Zack Snyder's Justice League. So, um, the, the story of the of Justice League. This is what happened. Zack Snyder directed Man of Steel. Zack Snyder directed Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. Uh, and then Zack Snyder was set to write. Uh, sorry, to direct. Not write and direct. To direct uh, Justice League. Uh, he did direct probably. 85% of the movie movie. He delivered a cut to Warner brothers. Warner brothers was at the time very skittish about, uh, about their DC franchises because Batman versus Superman was a relative letdown um, compared to what they expected it to be. And the press and sentiment was very bad against it. So they were very skittish about what, um, Justice League was supposed to be. Um, so they sort of uh, dug in basically and said they wanted the movie to be changed. Zack Snyder has gone through a big tragedy in his life. Um, his, his daughter, um, and this is the, I guess this is the tr- content warning um, for anybody who doesn't want to hear about this stuff. Uh, you know, his daughter Autumn committed suicide. And so he, instead of kind of battling the studio, decided to like, you know, take a step back. The, uh, the studio hired Avengers director Joss Whedon to come in, finish the film and recut the film sort of in his image, sort of to make it more um, marvel-y, make it more um, bright and colorful um, and release that cut. And it was disliked, I think, and relatively, and, and at this point, I think all the damage had been done. Warner Brothers was rightfully worried because Justice League really didn't make very much money at all um, compared to the other movies in the franchise and the other movies that obviously it was going up against in, in a Marvel sense. Um, so, so I, I don't know exactly when it started, but a couple, uh, but at a, some point, uh, I don't know if Snyder did an interview or something happened, but people started talking about this Snyder cut, um, which was the original vision of Zack Snyder's justice league that never got the light of day. that got recut. that got, that got chopped up, that got whatevered. Um, and sort of this like fan campaign began to get them, get the movie, the Snyder cut released. Um, this, this portion of it, I think is sort of like the part of it that is like the hardest to sort of swallow for me as far as this thing existing, because the, the campaign was extremely toxic, extremely, um, uh, annoying. And you know, it's annoying and also like, you know, like death threats, like all this kind of stuff to executives and people. Um, 
the, the fans, not, Zack Snyder, obviously not a part of, 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 of any of that, but like this, this is happening. Right. Um, uh, and then sort of in, 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 in the midst of this campaign going on, the other side of it is we start hearing about Joss Whedon, um, being a complete and utter like shit bag, basically, excuse my language. Um, you know, being abusive, verbally abusive, you know, harassing actors, harassing people, um, like having basically like, you know, extreme like breakdowns on the set, um, you know, especially with Ray Fisher, who played Cyborg in, in, in the movie, which in the theatrical cut is basically non-existent. Um, so we start hearing about this. Then basically HBO Max gets created. And not long after that, Warner Brothers basically says to Zack Snyder, okay, like, for, I think, you know, you can take the movie, here's $70 million to finish your cut. He reshot some scenes, he added a bunch of effects back in, he changed some stuff, he added scenes back in, um, and created this four-hour cut of, of the movie um, that now exists on HBO Max, which is supposedly, you know, his full vision of what he wanted justice league to be um and is what fans have been calling for for a couple of years now um so i, I think that it exists for two reasons really one is or three reasons one is that campaign unfortunately two is when you make a streaming service you need content for it and hp and warner brothers had something that was already mostly done that they knew could get a lot of attention and also i think the weed and stuff really really sort of turned that tide um in a lot of ways and and allow them to kind of see it as a good pr move to let snyder finish the movie and and, and put it out you think that's a pretty good description of what <laughs> of what the yeah. snyder cut is it's also um, rated r it's also rated r and it's in four by three so um uh the, so there there is that um uh yeah and so we, just everyone knows these podcasts, I'll say it now. We do these live every Wednesday. It's Tuesday tonight but because of some stuff that's going on. But most every Wednesday around 8.30 p.m. Eastern, we do these podcasts live on Twitch. So if you hear us sort of like interacting with other people that aren't each other, it's because we're talking to the chat. And you should join us live if you, if you get a chance. Um, we do a video podcast. So um, anyway, uh, you know, I think that um, the both of us, Justin, had... Uh, strong uh feelings about this cut and uh what what it was and what it was going to be and, and, and how we thought we were going to enjoy it or not enjoy it mm. um which i think is interesting because i want to ask you because like I, I mean people who have listened to me do podcasts for many years are very very aware of my feelings about the Zack snyder dc movie work right and, and people who haven't been I severely disliked Man of Steel. I think that I think that Batman vs Superman is a is a is a bad movie, though dumb enough where I actually di didn't didn't dislike it as much of Man of Steel. And um, I think that in general he's just very wrongheaded about his approaches to the characters. So I've had a, like fundamental problems with all that stuff. Um, but Justin, you liked Man of Steel, um, and so I, I wonder why you. You and I were very match synchronized in our feelings before this movie came out. So I'm, I'm interested to know like why and what you were thinking going into watching it. Batman vs Superman was a 
train wreck of a movie. Mm -hmm. Just an absolute train wreck of a movie. And I like I don't love Man of Steel by any stretch of the imagination. I enjoy the score a lot. And it's your favorite I, movie, Justin. It's it is legitimately my favorite movie. <laughs> I have a Zack Snyder tattoo on my back. Um, I enjoyed the score a lot. I think it's a very good score. It's probably the best. I think the best Superman score. I like it way better than the uh, than the original one. But I I think like I, I liked, you know, for me I like seeing Superman do Superman stuff. And coming off Superman Returns, it was a very boring movie. Like we got to see Superman lift up a big rock. It's very boring. I yawn throughout the whole thing. I Does can't he, believe you just said the music in Ben of Steel is better than the John Williams. It's a thousand times score. It's a thousand you're times insane. Better. You have like you're this weird insane. thing where you think that if it was like it came out in the 70s and 80s, like that score no. is iconic. Like it's not I iconic. It's just what people grew up with. The are you gonna tell me you don't think the Superman theme from the from the Richard Donner movies isn't iconic? I mean, it's iconic because people just associate that with Superman because that, yes, that's that's what iconic because, means. Justin. Yeah, okay, fine, but that's only because that's all there ever was. It doesn't mean that it's good. It's amazing. Are you kidding? You're, okay, I, I'm fine with you liking Man of Steel more, which is crazy, but. Yeah, Mark says in the chat, it's iconic because it's one of the greatest themes of all time. Oh, God, no. It's an amazing theme. Like, I, you can like Man of Steel more if you want, but to try to denigrate the John Williams theme is, like, insane. I don't know. I think it's it's fine at best. I've never I've never liked it. See, like, but I like I like the 89 Batman theme. Like, I think that's a good theme. I just don't like the Superman one. I think that the Man of Steel one is better. But that's just my personal opinion. <laughs> but going back to why I liked Man of Steel, I liked Man of Steel because I liked seeing Superman, like, punch things i like seeing that i like seeing the big metropolis fight mm -hmm. um you see him destroy that, a city yes because that's what would actually happen did anybody read superman oh, uh the death of superman and you don't see the fight against doomsday in the comics yeah lots of but, destruction in the city lots okay. of it okay. anyway we're not talking about man of steel no i could talk about man of steel forever and you could it's fine. very Look, angry it's, about it. It's fine. You and, um, me are, you and me are flipped on it. Like you, the way you feel about Man of Steel is the way I feel about Batman versus Superman. And the way right. you feel about Batman and Superman is the way I feel about Man of Steel. Mm -hmm. um, but I think just the entire Zack Snyder essence, the drama, everything to do with this Snyder cut turned me off of, of anything to do with him. Um, mm -hmm. And that's coming off of, hey, this dude went through a serious tragedy and I feel bad about that. And yeah. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to him to get his due, but man, is he insufferable at times, just literally yes. insufferable. Absolutely. So coming into this, finding out, like I saw the original cut of justice league and I thought it was watchable. I watched it mm -hmm. once. I would never watch it again, but I didn't think it was like the worst thing I'd ever seen. Um, not a great movie, but I, I thought it was way better than Batman versus Superman. Yeah. Um, by the way, I just want to say, Mark and Meg, thank you so much for the, the resubscribes. We got an 11 month for Mark, almost a year. We're almost a year, baby. Uh, Meg's with 10 months. Meg's, thank you so much for dropping in and for your time before you have to go to work. You know, Justin, and I love you to death. Um, anyway, sorry. Yes, Justin, I, I, I agree. Your, your thoughts on Justice League, I absolutely agree with. I watched it. I was like, this is fine. Like, I mean, it's bad, but like, it's I, like, it's forgettable. And I wasn't angry during it. I'll never watch it again. Yeah. Was how I felt after after it was over. Uh, so coming into the Snyder cut, once they showed the trailers, Zack Snyder's good at, at cutting trailers, and he's good at not understanding 
anything to do, uh, about heroes. I've I've come to understand. <laughs> yeah. Um, but my main my main source of angst was that he rated he he got the movie rated R, which mm-hmm. I have come to have the strong opinion that a movie starring Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman should not be rated R under any Agreed. circumstance ever. Agreed. So that was my feelings coming into it. I was I was expecting to absolutely despise everything that I saw. And we'll get into our feelings in the movie after you talk about yeah. how you felt coming in. I mean, I, I mean, you know, I think I think I, I pretty much with you on that. Like I, I my 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 pro, like and I'll say this before we get into like talking about Justice League, you know, um, Snyder's Justice League. Uh, I nothing I'm going to say about this cut of the movie takes away some fundamental things that I believe about the handling of these, these movies in general, which is I do not think Zack Snyder really understands or cares about the character of Superman at all. He cares about his idea of what he like about his sort of like idea of what his version of Superman, if he created him, would be um and i feel like he i feel like he he's kind of that way about a lot of the characters like i i I feel like he just he has like sort of like a middle school take on what is like dramatic and serious you know and 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 he passes it off as mature as most people who have that who believe those things are like what serious and mature means see like um in man of steel i I could see that, but I could also see bits and pieces where it's like, nah, he's got like, there's, there's, there's pieces of it here. So I didn't fully agree in Batman v Superman. I started seeing what you were saying about, about him and the way he mm-hmm. sees Superman. And in this movie, Superman is the worst part of this movie by <laughs> far. Um, so like that, that, that's how I just feel. And like, look, I'm, I'm not very clear to people. If you, if you, also don't really care about like Superman, the character, as far as like how he is the, the kind of the basic building blocks of who he's supposed to be. Th- then I totally understand why you don't have a problem with the way that, that he portrays Superman. But for me, it, it's just not Superman to me. It's some other character that you said that you wanted to do, but you wanted to call him Superman. He wants to do injustice um, Superman in the worst way. Well, yes, but again, and again, we'll talk, and this is the other part of it too, and this is the other thing about it too, is across the board, Zack Snyder wants to fast forward to to like dramatic stuff that he hasn't earned in any of the movies, right? You don't start Batman in Dark Knight Returns, right? Like like you do in Batman vs Superman, like he's Dark Knight Returns Batman in, in Batman vs Superman. You don't you have to earn Dark Knight Returns Superman. You have to uh, Batman. You have to earn Injustice Superman. You can't just go to that immediately. Because then all of the things that you're sort of playing against when you when you do those storylines aren't there to set it up. So I always have a problem with that. And I also think that he is like um, his use of like music and um, slow motion is ridiculous. So that's across the board from all the things. And we'll talk about that as we go through this movie for sure. But I want to say this. I went into this movie. um, I went into this movie with this thought, right? This version of the DC universe is dead, right? Um, and I'm not going to look at this cut of Justice League as this is one of the building blocks of a universe and, and 
I have to like focus on the stuff I don't I like I really vehemently disagree with about the way he handles characters because I'm gonna have to be seeing versions of these characters for years and years and years and years and years. That's not true, right? This is this this, this is the end. So I went in trying to say like, let me just watch this as sort of like the realization of his other two movies, you know, um, going forward. They are doing the Flash Crockett, but it's not, Zack Snyder has nothing to do with it. I mean, Aquaman, like, you know, Zack Snyder has nothing to do with those movies. Like if you watch the Aquaman solo movie, it does not feel like a Zack Snyder movie at all. Yeah. It's a batshit, crazy, silly movie. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I, I am like, I am not concerned about those things, right? Um, and whereas when you're building a universe, when you're saying this, this is the movie Superman, right? This is the movie Wonder Woman. This is the movie Batman. You're putting a stamp on it, right? And saying like, this is the popular culture version of this character for however many years. I don't have to worry about that anymore. So I tried to go into this movie being like, just watch it like the sort of like fascinating, like timepiece that it is, which is that we never get to see this, right? Which is, here's the movie the director like showed the studio, the big long cut that he showed the studio that was never meant to be released. But the studio looked at and go, went, no, we've got to chop it all up. We've got to like do this. We got to move this. We got to do this. And then the movie that comes out, like we're never going to see like, again, I don't want to see this because he's a piece of shit. We're never going to see the Whedon cut of age of Ultron. You, you, you know, like all these movies that we hear like this, like hubbub in the background about how like difficult they were to get made and how the studio interfered, we don't ever see the, the original version. We're seeing it here. So I think it's fascinating. Um, and it's fascinating to see, uh, to compare it to the theatrical cut and see where things got moved and also scenes that made absolutely no sense in the, in the theatrical cut, now at least making sense, however wrongheaded the vision might be in this version. So that's how I tried to go into it because if I just went into it being like, okay, I'm gonna think about it just like the next piece of this puzzle, I would have had very strong negative reactions to a lot of stuff that happened, right? Um, but although I don't agree with Andy in the chat that he always thought of these movies as Elseworld things, I don't agree with that stance, but I can now look at this mm. almost as like an Elseworld thing because it doesn't matter, right? Because it's not gonna have tendrils that go, that go out into other things. Um, so anyway, that, that's how sort of I went into, into the movie by the time we watched it. Um, as an overall, here's what, here's what I think. I'll just give my overall impression, Justin, and I'll, I'll, I'll pass it over to you. This is the case with a Snyder cut, right? <laughs> Andy, um, this, this, this is, this is like, um, how I feel about this. Jack, Jack Snyder's just like, it's not a movie, right? It's an assemblage of scenes that relate to one another, but there's a movie has pacing. A movie has, care for flow a movie has finished special effects it's this is like this is like a work print that we are able to see something we never get to see um it is not a good movie because it is not built to be that right um but what it is is a fascinating realization of this director's like singular vision of what he wanted this movie to be um and in, in that way, I appreciate that it exists. Um, and while I'll probably never, ever w watch it again, um, I enjoyed my time watching it, even though it does 
when you get to like that last hour, you're like, oh my God, like, can this thing just be over? Like, you know, but, um, and the last 20, I'll say, except for the last 20 minutes, which is the epilogue, which is utter gibberish. Like, it's just ridiculous gibberish. Um, I thought it was an enjoyable and um, at times really thrilling movie or thing to watch because there generally are very good scenes in it and some really the action scenes are 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 are, are well done um, and there's some really great character moments I think sprinkled throughout it um, and especially the cyborg and flash stuff I think is a really good reactions um, back into it. Um, that being said. Not a good movie. That's what I'll, I'll just put it out there. It's not a good movie, but there are things about it that I enjoyed. Justin. It's, it's simultaneously a thousand times better than I thought it was going to be. And still also the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> that's a very good, that's a very good description. <laughs> there are incredible character moments in that movie that I have gone back and watched again over the mm -hmm. last day or so. Cause I think that some of the scenes that are cut out of that movie, I, for the life of me, can't figure out why they were ever cut out. I can't figure out some of the changes yeah, that no, we did, did to the characters. Um, you know, it's really hard because I, it's a much more enjoyable movie than the original theatrical cut of the justice league. Mm -hmm. But in the same, at the same time, it's also four hours long. Like, yeah. Let's take out. Let's take out the final thirty minutes, right? Let's just take yeah. the the epilogue off and just say you have a three and a half hour movie. Like, could they have released that? Maybe. But I'm trying to think about what was the what was the two ish hour cut of that movie? If you could take that four hour movie and cut it down to two hours, is it a good two hour movie? Probably not. It's it's no, probably it's, a dis it's probably a disaster. But yeah. as a as a stretched out incredible thing for streaming yeah it was enjoyable to watch i still disagree with a lot of the things that were done but there were interesting things in it that i wouldn't mind them picking up on and like seeing where it would have went now hearing where Zack snyder wanted to go with the movie go with it is crazy lands but if they yeah, picked up sure. certain pieces of it and ran with it yeah sure i could see that so it's like if and again, like DC's whole approach to these movies was was very wrong headed, and, and I, I think like you're tr you can't introduce, uh, you know, you can't introduce five characters in a movie, um, and have it be a, a, a movie that is sharp and and makes sense and and move, it just doesn't work, right? Five disparate characters like the Justice League are. Um, uh, what I think is, um. I think, and again, this is, remember my qualifiers from earlier, all this stuff that I don't like about Zack Snyder movies, I'm taking this outside of that. This movie, as far as this in creation, would have been a, an enjoyable three-hour thing to watch because there are, and Hugh looked it up, there is 24 minutes of slow motion in this 10%, movie. It's 10% of the movie, according to IGN. <laughs> that's insane. That's, a, that's, that's insanity. That, that that that's crazy um because it's slow slow motion it's not like oh like slightly slowed down it's like time has stopped slow motion and i'm not even talking about the flash stuff which needs to like, be in which needs to yes. be in slow motion yes They're like the, oh, 
almost all of the Wonder Woman fighting is in slow motion. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. What? Absolutely. It's the classic Zack Snyder, like it's real slow, and then we make it go real fast at the same, at, right afterwards. Um, but um so like somewhere in there there's that, right? Um there, there is like an in, like for this for this purpose, there's a three-hour cut of this thing that I think is a more enjoyable thing to watch. Um and you know, uh, Zack Snyder is a self-indulgent filmmaker. He's always been a self-indulgent filmmaker, and he th- he has an idea of um, he has an idea of how good he is compared to how actually good he is at doing the things he wants to do. He's very good at some things and very bad at other things, right? And, and but he thinks he's very good at doing those other things as well. Um, you know, so so there the, that's that's one of the main issues with the movie. Again, this is a self indulgent thing. It's a four hour cut in four by three of a justice league movie it's like totally fine um to to be self-indulgent i guess because that's the whole point of the exercise um i think like what, what, a couple things that are nice about the movie right and i will tell people right now we're not gonna really like do spoiler non-spoiler we're just gonna talk about the movie so if you haven't seen it and you don't want to know stuff about it we're just gonna like dip back and uh, about and forth back and forth you know um one of the things I really like about this having this is mainly like some of like the secondary players. We'll talk about the big ones in a second, but like seeing more JK Simmons as commissioner Gordon is a delight. Having more Jeremy irons as you know, Alfred is great. Like stuff like those kind of things. That's awesome because like they got cast. They're very good actors and and they're good in the, in the the parts that they're playing. You know, they're uh, um, and I enjoyed having those people be able to do more right in in the movie um but then the but that goes hand in hand with just like and we also get like ryan Choi in it and we get more of you know actually some of cyborg's dad <laughs> in it um so, so like you know, you get a lot bunch of good character actors there's more lois stuff i don't think it's very good um and, and there's one like super dramatic scene that's like completely undercut by like just like a ha you didn't know this was happening sort of reveal i legitimately um, didn't know it was happening i know your reaction was amazing so there's a scene there's this scene where um lois lane so one of the things too there's a scene with lois lane where she's sort of like very sad in her apartment which was actually the very beginning of the theatrical cut it's like near the end of the of the snyder cut um where she's alone in her apartment she won't leave she hasn't been back to work and martha kent comes to visit her and like gives her a pep talk to get her out of the house blah 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 whatever it's like a, it's like this like you know, like emotional scene between the two of them. Then Martha Kent gets up and leaves. <laughs> Martha Kent gets up and she leaves, the, she leaves the apartment. She's walking through the hallway and she tra- her eyes turn red and she transforms into the Martian Manhunter. And it's like, why? Like, I, like cool. I love the Martian Manhunter, but like, the, what? The, the scene is like complete. It's just like, a, it's like, it's all built for like the gotcha, like sort of like moment of but the whole just, thing. Just imagine you're not like a huge comic book fan, right? And you have, yeah. you're like, who's this? Who is this? <laughs> who's this green man? Why did this just happen? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. There's like no explaining it, anything. No, no explaining at all until the the gobbledygook at the very end of the movie. Um, so, um. There's like a scene like that. There, so there's a scene like that, right? Then there's this scene with the Flash, um, 
uh cody no problem see you later i'm I, uh, you being excited to see the movie is the least surprising thing i've ever heard in my life um but enjoy it you should watch it and enjoy it um so there's a scene with the flash right that wasn't in the theatrical cut that um ezra miller's flash is like applying for like a job at like a, a dog shop or, or like a pet store or something and um he meets iris allen um and she gets into uh, she gets to her car and she's driving away and this like giant truck, the guy's not, the driver's not looking, the, the giant truck bashes into like this hot dog cart and then kind of bashes into Iris Allen's car and she goes flying in the air and we get this like, this scene where Barry realizes what's going on and we see like everything go into like slow, like, you know, flash slow motion where everything, st time basically stops moving and there's some cool things about the scene, right? Like he goes to run and he's running so fast. His like shoes explode because he's not wearing like his like, you know, speed retardant boots or whatever. And he, and it's like, he run, he, the, all this lightning is happening and he, and he runs and he runs to go save her. And it's all in slow motion. And it's like, there's this, there's this really overwrought, like slow, sad pop song playing in the background, which I hate. I just wish it was like, just like, if it was just like, very subtle background score like just like a couple piano hits or something you know what i mean it would have been fine it didn't have to be yeah. like dramatic music like because i understand like the idea of like oh, okay this is like he's like in this like this like time stopped place but no it's got to be like this like you know it's basically like there's like four needle drops in this that basically should be hallelujah but they're not because he can only use it once and that's in the that's in the end credits um so iris is like flying and he like goes up to her and then there are and it's like, okay, like this is a cool flash scene. But then once again, he shows his complete like misunderstanding of the heroes. First, Flash is a real creepo. And he like, she's frozen in midair, like falling to her death. And he's like, hmm, you're very beautiful. And he like touches her hair while she's like frozen. And I was like, okay, okay. Like, <laughs> um, and, uh, and then he sees one of the hot dogs of the hot dog cart flying, flying by him in slow motion. And he turns away from the woman he's about to save, grabs the hot dog out of the air and puts it in his pocket. And then when he turns back, Iris is almost on the ground. <laughs> so he almost fails to save the woman to get a hot dog out of the air. He does save her. Um, and then he like runs back and gets this job at this puppy puppy place or whatever um but it's like it, it it's like the perfect distillation of what who Zack snyder is which is like he almost gets it but he just doesn't you know what i mean yeah that was a just a ridiculous scene where <laughs> I don't think he almost I, I, I missed it maybe where he didn't catch her. I just thought the hot dog part was hysterical. <laughs> and then I mean like the gag plays off at the end when he's getting a job at the dog at, at the puppy store when he brings out the hot dog to feed the dogs. Yeah. Like yeah, that yeah. part play that sure that part played well. It's just, oh my god, that, that man's choices for music during scenes. Yeah. Um let's talk about Flash for a second, because yes. I think while Cyborg got a huge, like maybe the most publicized short end mm. of the theatrical cut. I think that the this movie did a lot more justice to the character of Barry Allen than the other one did at all. 
I, I yeah, don't for sure. Like, yeah, I I go back to the part in the theatrical cut where they they're gonna attack Steppenwolf for the first time in the in the in the tunnels underneath Gotham, and they show Barry being scared, nervous, mm-hmm. and we talked about this, and you said you were more okay with that because Batman gives a very good line of yeah, save yeah. one person. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I like Barry here, while not you know as heroic as as you think he could be is still mm-hmm. more involved in what's going on. And he has, oh, a really yeah. am- yes. he has a really amazing scene where he saves a bunch of people at one time while doing, I think maybe the coolest thing I've ever seen a flash character do, <laughs> uh, where there's, you know, debris about to fall on a whole bunch of civilians and they cut to Barry saving them all. But you, it's just like flash cuts of the flash and lightning in the air yeah. catching everything mm-hmm. in sight and it's a very very awesome looking scene and like that's one of the things Zack Snyder does really well is he, he's, yeah. he does these scenes that visually look very cool and it just happened to he accidentally stumbled into the flash being heroic yeah yeah no totally and I, and I think in general that scene to that scene under like the Gotham harbor or whatever um is so much better in yeah. in in this cut of the movie than it was in in the Whedon cut of the movie um, it works a lot better. The power sets are more interesting. They're doing cooler things. They you know, they're, they're lines too. They have better lines for sure. Um, uh, there was, a, we, 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 you and I, when we were watching it, pointed like two good Batman lines or whatever. Uh, that, the fact, I think the first one was before that one, when, you know, that it's in the theatrical cup when Snyder, when, um, when Barry asks Bruce, like what his superpower is, he says, I'm rich or whatever. Yeah, the <laughs> and then the other go, one was actually in the first trailer for the, yeah, mm-hmm. the movie when Cyborg turns to Bruce or, you know, turns to Batman and says, you know, I heard about you, but I didn't think you were real. And Bruce goes, oh, I'm real when it's useful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's good. It's a good line. Um, and, and there's a couple of those. And I think maybe actually what we were doing right there is actually probably a good thing to do, which is sort of like, let's just go character by character and talk about their like how we thought about them in the movie. Um, I agree with you about the Flash. I mean, the Flash is like my, my favorite DC character, basically. So I'm very happy like that he got more time. I still don't think that Ezra Miller is less manic and crazy in this and than he is in the Whedon cut, but he's still too like, I'm a nerdy little kid, like for, yeah. for my liking yeah. for, for Barry Allen, you know? Um, he's literally the linchpin of the entire end of the movie, though. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, he is. Which is... Um, I I was reading an article today. I mean, I don't want to like. Can we I'm not going to spoil it? Like, I yeah, no. I said we're no. going to just we're going to talk about everything. Okay, so we're going to talk about everything. So yeah. the end of this movie has the Justice League fail, and mm-hmm. everybody dies. Yeah. And Barry slips into the Speed Force mm-hmm. by vibrating very quickly. Yeah. And rewinds time yeah. in a very cool way. And I think while we were watching it, I was just like. Why is he doing this weird little monologue thing? But the mm-hmm. more I've gone back and this is one of the scenes I've rewatched, I kind of like it. And I think it was like IO9 had a thing today where it was just like, this is the most heroic thing in this movie is like yeah. Barry having this thing where he doesn't know because he's never done this before. If he's going to die and he's like having this like, hey, dad, you know, like talking to mm-hmm. him, even though he can't hear him, where he's like, I want you to know your son was you know, he was like, he says something like he was one of the best of the best. Yeah. And it's just like very amazing scene. The music is very good. 
Um, but that entire ending doesn't work without the flash. Like he's literally the linchpin of everything. Right. Which this is one of the things where I say like sometimes Snyder half gets it because like every big, huge, like justice league story has this moment in it with the flash, right? Like this is like, like a lot, like the big crossover events, all these big things, like the flash usually has like a linchpin part in this kind of way. And that way I really enjoy that because like, that's who the flash is and that's what this is about. And like, um, I want a couple comments from chat because I think the people listening at home will also, you know, hear them, you know, um, we talked about the music cues. Uh, Crockett mentions the one with uh, Aquaman when he's going into the ocean. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Like it's basically should be better. Must be hallelujah. He's walking in, but um, you know, Ursa's talking about Mark is talking about, you know, basically the format was already there from the MCU and they were so focused on winning the race to the end of the marathon. They didn't, the people would notice they took a cab for half of it, but of course they did. Hot black coffee in the chat is also saying this movie tried to do what Marvel did over three movies, Avengers, Ultron and infinity war, but all in one. I mean, that's always been their problem, right? There, there, there are glimpses and there are things that happen in it that show character and show this building, but they're just a lot of them aren't earned. But I think that that what you're talking about, the Barry moment also again, though is great, but would have been, um, and again, this movie is devoid of like emotion, you know, um, even in its biggest moments, its biggest moments, are like this is cool like this is so like you know you get like you get like that like this is like a like this is a visually very like overpowering but you're never like it's never like you know um cat picking up the hammer you know type feeling because they didn't um, have the build up to it exactly so i mean if you had a flash movie where there was more with the dad right because it's one scene in this movie yeah um that scene means more you know and and i think it's also for me too like having watched our six seasons of the flash television show like all of these things and even the stuff he does in this movie that's stuff that's been done um that stuff has been done on the tv show and earned very 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 well including the dad stuff including all that kind of stuff you know so i i think like um i was happy to see it because yeah like what happens in the theatrical cut is like flash is just like running around like saving he's like he's like bringing people out of the blast zone or whatever yeah. in the central cut. And this one, he ter- literally fucking turns back time um, and, and saves the entire justice league or whatever. And they had, a, um, like the thing is in, in that final scene in the, in the theatrical cut, they just kind of like jump in and they're like, we're just yeah, going to yeah, punch yeah. our way out. And in this one, they had like an idea, like cyborg was going to, mm-hmm. he needed Barry to actually get to like, right before the speed of light or something. And then like bring that energy to him. So that way he could, I guess, interact with the unity and, and the mother boxes. Yeah. And like, there was an actual like plan and what, like what Batman was doing was making sense. Like yeah. in the theatrical, but none of it makes any sense. It's no. just a whole bunch of scenes thrown together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, like I say, like this, this act, like the action scenes are co- action, like set pieces are coherent in this movie. They, you, they, they have a plan. They have an idea of what they're doing. Um, and, uh, like, yeah, the flash stuff is good. The flash stuff is good. Um, and I, I enjoyed it. Um, uh, Cyborg, right? This is one of the other characters. You mentioned Cyborg interfacing with the Unity. And you mentioned this before, too. I not only... I can, like, let's say, I can understand Whedon if he was just a complete jackass and had an axe to grind and just was like, I'm going to cut this all out of the movie. I don't understand, because there, there there's a lot of people who have a lot of say in these type of, like, decisions. I cannot believe anybody who had any creative power over that movie 
was able to look at what the cyborg stuff meant to that movie and think you could cut it and the movie make any like narrative sense at all. If the flash um, is the linchpin to the end, cyborg is the linchpin to the entire plot. Yeah, he is the plot. He is like he his he, this is one of the times where I think Snyder and the writer Chris Terrio, who uh wrote Argo and a couple other things actually get something right, which is they tie they they tie the the MacGuffin stuff to a character so that you see all of the stuff happening through a character's eyes and through a character struggle. And Cyborg's the only one who gets a real origin, like in the movie. They they spent a lot of time on his origin and his powers. And I mean, for this movie, they spent a lot of time. You still it's still a better sort of it was its own movie, but you know, to, to create the character and bring the character through. And so to cut that cyborg stuff really makes, you know, basically no sense. Zero sense. Um, um, Ray Fisher is good too. He's not bad in the movie. He's good. Um, you know, the sort of like techno babble stuff that has to do with the mother boxes and everything with the cyborg, like all that stuff works relatively well, I, I think. Um, again, I don't even, like you were mentioning before, Justin, I don't know how, if this movie ever made it to a theatrical release, when you cut the movie down to an appropriate length, how well it would have come through even then, because th there's a lot of time spent on Cyborg in this movie. Um, but again, I think this is one of the reasons why I feel like it's good that this exists, because this guy basically pro was probably banking his career on this, right? And then he got shafted majorly. Um, uh, and, and so now this exists and if you can see his performance, they can see what he did in it. Um, and he's good in it. Uh, the, the, uh, there's this thing throughout the movie with like, it happens with Steppenwolf, it happens with Cyborg. It's the mother box thing. He has like a million little flaps on his cost, like on his, that keep moving. And it's just like, it's just, just too much. It's like, I don't, he doesn't need to have 7 million little hexagons all over his yeah. body. You know, it just, it does not, it, I know he thinks it looks cool. Like he must think that looks cool because it's all over the place. Right. But like, I just don't think it looks cool at all. Um, and, and it just is not, it's more distracting than I think it is like an interesting costume choice for the character. Um, but like you said, he's, he's good. And, and there's a good, there's like a good moment. Um, he has a, and he has a narrative through line, which is after what happens to him, he feels like he's alone in the world. Right. And that he is a freak um, and he has nothing. Um, and then through the movie, he learns that's not true. And the, the kind of crux of the ending of how they beat Steppenwolf and the mother boxes or whatever is him realizing that that's true. Right. That he is not alone, that he is, you know, it's like it's, it's not like a crazy, complicated, like groundbreaking yeah. storyline, but it is like a classic hero story you know, played out. And that doesn't exist like anywhere else. In the movie, you know, for anybody. In the so, theatrical cut, they don't even explain what what Victor can do. Mm -mm. And this movie took like a solid five to ten minutes of being like, "This is what you're capable of." And it was just like, "Oh, okay." And you know, in the theatrical cut, it's like Robot Man. Yeah, and there's 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 literally like a Spider Man ass like, I'm trying out my powers and like doing all this stuff like set to like a voiceover like thing, you know. Yeah. So. Um, I will say there's also a really good, good chemistry build between Barry and Victor, especially yes, in is. that final mm -hmm. scene when they're literally screaming each other's names. Like you can yeah. feel it. 
And yeah. um, what's the actor's name who played Cyborg? Ray Fisher. Yeah, it's Ray Fisher. Okay. Yeah. He was like, I, during that final scene, like you could really feel the desperation in his voice. He did a good job acting there. It did a very good job. It was, it was a good performance. Um, and that's why it, it's crazy to me that, that, it, that it was totally cut out of that other movie. Because like, decided he had to have an axe to grind. He must have, because the, the, there was a lot of good stuff there. Um, uh, he does kind of look like Joe Morgan. <laughs> um, so, um, Wonder, uh, Woman, Wonder Woman's story doesn't change very much. No, it doesn't change very much. And just like in the other one, it, it, I will say they do, the one thing they do is they don't make a big thing about like, because in the, in the theatrical cut, their like argument scene is like, one of the big things about it is like, oh, you could have been helping people for all these years and you hid yourself away or, yeah. you know, w whatever. And that's not part of this, like, um, not part of this at all. Um, she's just more of like, she's like the lore master essentially. Like she's, she's like kind of tasked with a being like Gal Gadot, charming wonder woman person. Cause she's very good at that. Right. Um, and being like the person who's like, I know all this history because I'm a, uh, I'm a Scarian or whatever. Um, old Meg duties. Yeah. <laughs> and as um, usual, she's good at the wonder woman stuff. She's good at the wonder woman stuff. She's fighting Steppenwolf and yeah. Doing her, bracer stuff and her sword and her shield and all that stuff that, that stuff's all fine um she does you know vaporize a human man uh with her super gauntlets which feels like it's a little bit overkill feels like this man who couldn't hit a single bullet because she was too good at deflecting them while he was reloading she could have easily just like you know maybe not kind killed of him. just you know disarmed him and she could have punched him real hard but she literally like vaporizes him into nothing with her gauntlets, which she, which she, she, she saves the gauntlet thing for like, Oh shit. Yeah. Like I've got nothing other recourse against this giant monster. Um, do that. She did kill Max Lord in the comics, Andy, but that was a very controversial thing that no people did not like. Nobody likes that. They wrecked. <laughs> no, that. everyone they hated that, it. Like immediately. They reckoned that and they reckoned it. Out of out of the they reconned it out of the continuity. Zack Snyder loves throwing people very hard against a wall, and then you you see the blood <laughs> from yeah. the impact on the wall. You've seen that like four different times in these movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this is something I, I want to address something Andy said because he mentioned the comic book thing. This is all. This is often a thing that people bring up whenever we talk about Zack Snyder stuff. Like, yeah, but in the comics one time they did this. And I'm like, yes, but there was 80 years of stories before they did this thing. Zach's not, you can't, fa and this again, I keep saying over and you can't fast forward to Wonder Woman and Superman are killers. It, what is the baseline? No, I know you weren't trying to justify it, Andy. I wasn't talking about you. I'm just talking about in general, like this is a lot of things that people will say. Um, but he vaporizes him and vaporizes her. And then again, one of these hilarious Zack Snyder moments, because again, he doesn't get it, right? He just doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't get it. He goes like, oh, he's thinking to himself, he's like a computer, right? He's like, okay, I have seen scenes in other movies with female superheroes where a little girl aspires to be them and says something and the, the Wonder Woman and the female character says something inspiring to them. So this, it's, it's literally like 30 seconds after a woman like fucking vaporizes this dude and this little girl goes, can I be like you one day? Yeah, <laughs> when you grow up and she goes, you could be anything you want to be. <laughs> I, I like all the, the, uh memes coming out about that and yeah, she, yeah. One of the, my favorite one is she's one of the, 
the uh, Wonder Woman answers back, no, I'm a god. Yeah. <laughs> um, the thing is, he just doesn't, just, just, just doesn't get it, right? He just doesn't understand no, the, doesn't those, the, those kind of scenes. Wonder Woman, like her, the rest of the movie, she's fine. Like, uh, there is not like anything I think particularly great with her or particularly bad with her after that opening scene. Um, there's some cool action stuff. I think they sort of like, there, there's opportunities there, but again, it's such a long, it's such a long movie already. And there's so, um, there's so many, um, characters and so much heavy lifting to do that they don't, they, they kind of bring up for a moment, like the whole Atlantean, like Thymuscarin, like beef that the two places have, but then it's just sort of like glossed over rather quickly. You know, they have a couple of little, like little tiffs, like Aquaman and Wonder Woman, but it, there's not like anything major. Um, and there is like some weird, like rom romantic undertones with her and Bruce. Like, I think, uh, like one, I think it was worse in the theatrical cut by far. Yeah. And it was worse in the theatrical cut, but it's, it's still, it's there. It's and, still and, there. That, and which is that, the, like, I mean, that does happen in the comics. I know. No, I know. I know it does. There's, um, there's always that tension between the two of them. Um, yeah. which I'm fine with, uh, speaking of Batman. Yes. I feel like this, the theatrical cut was a Batman thing. It was, a, it was very focused on Batman. Yes. And Batman is not around for a like Large parts of this movie is just Batman getting his ass kicked by aliens. Yeah. Oh, he does some ass kicking as well. And he, he also does shoots do a lot of them kicking. in the head. He also does get a, he does get an, a laser gun <laughs> and kill a lot of aliens. Yeah, he's capping motherfuckers in the head. He's blown up their heads. He's got a lot of headshots. Um, no, no. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, again, this is weird stuff. Like, you go back and watch the theatrical cut now. The theatrical cut starts with this Batman scene where he's chasing a criminal and then you find out he's trying to like lure out a parademon, you know? Um, and you're like, what the fuck is a parademon in, in this, in this like justice league theatrical cut in, in the cider cut, they, the scenes are way reordered and that scene doesn't happen until like, like an hour into the movie when you've already seen second wolf come back and everything, you know, like that. Um, and the, you've seen the parademons thing. I, you know, I, Again, this is one of those things, too, where I think that, like, there are times when the Batman in Zack Snyder's movies, in both the movies, to be honest with you, there, there are in Batman vs. Superman as well, there are scenes and moments in it where I'm like, this is Batman as fuck, you know, like, where I'm like, this is more Batman than I've seen in other Batman things. And then there are other times where I'm like, what are you doing? Like, this is not, like, Batman should not have a sniper rifle. <laughs> Does he have a sniper rifle in this one? No, not in this one. That wasn't Batman versus Superman. <laughs> um, yeah. I think it's the best Batman costume I've ever seen. I like the far. costume. I do like the costume a lot. And there are, yep, you're right. There are moments where it's like, yeah. yep, this is super Batman. And I love yeah. this. And But there are other parts of this movie where he's literally acting like Superman would act. Yes. Yes. hundred percent. Yeah. And he's like all about like, I have the, I have faith. Like I have faith. This is what we are. And it's like, no, no. Yeah. You go, you go get broody in a corner. Yeah. And you brood. Well, the, yeah, the problem is there is no, there isn't. You, that's the reason why it's crazy to me that you do a Justice League movie, the first Justice League movie. And this is again about the not earning thing. The first Justice League movie and Superman isn't in basically any of it. You know what I mean? Because much like Captain America and Iron Man, like they're like dynamic. A core thing about the Justice League is Bruce and Clark's like friendship that also has these crazy like divides, right? Because of how they deal with things differently, you know. Um, and that's a that's a core conceit 
of of the Justice League and their friendship, and you don't get any of it, right? Um, in this because we don't get Superman until the last hour or so, um, and he doesn't speak <laughs> once he's back, basically. Oh, um, yeah. so we'll get to Superman in a moment. I I think like there are a couple things like again that are better than the theatrical cut, right? Which is that when they go into that last action scene. What Batman does, like with the Batmobile and like when he crashes through that, like that force field or whatever, that stuff makes sense now in the Snyder Cut. It's not just Batman being like, I'm going kamikaze, you know, or whatever, which is what it is in the other cut of the movie. Um, and there are cool things where he like, you know, I, I have always been a fan of the Batman stories in which he gets into these situations where he should be like mercilessly outgunned but figures out a way to win anyway. You know what I mean? Um, and like, there are a couple scenes in the movie where he does stuff like that, you know, where, where he, he, he figures out ways to get out of situations that he probably shouldn't be able to get out of because he's who he is, you know? Um, uh, it still lacks like the, Every Batman movie ever made lacks like the cerebral part of Batman in any sort of like major way, you know, um, like Snyder gets it a little bit because like even to create all the stuff he creates to fight Superman, right? That's like a very like, I, there's no way I should be able to fight Superman, but I figured out a way to fight him, you know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but he only uses it for like this very violent <laughs> like thing. And that's, you know, and that's why I'm looking forward to the Matt Reeves Batman, because I feel like we're gonna actually going to see that, you know, for once. But yeah, at least Crockett says he's or he's blowing up criminals with grenades and huge guns on his car. He has <laughs> you know? a surprisingly low body count in this movie. He does. Human, he humans loves, anyway. Humans. Yeah, yeah. He kills a lot of parademons. But in Batman vs Superman, he kills a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, <it> does. <laughs> um, before um, we get to Superman, I just want to say like the Aquaman has like. Same thing as Wonder Woman. It's pretty much the yeah. same stuff. That yeah. one scene where the guy, the guy's on his boat and it's sinking and he looks up and the, there's Jason Momoa like on the edge mm -hmm. of the boat. Like, great. Awesome scene where I think it was mentioned before in chat where he's like going into the ocean and that ridiculous song plays. Not yeah. great. Um, no, not great. It's basically the same. They bring in Willem Dafoe into this movie, which he wasn't yeah. in the theatrical cut, which then grabs a couple of key like where'd you get the armor from? Where did you get the mm -hmm. trident from? Yeah. It shows that stuff, which is good. Yeah. Um, and a little bit of Amber Heard is a little more Amber Heard with yeah. an accent, no, <laughs> like an English sure accent. Yeah. And I was, and I was like, and I asked you when we were watching, I was like, does she have this accent in Aquaman? I don't remember. Um, she definitely does not. Yeah. You know, why? <laughs> says, why does Defoe have that hair in this movie? Well, in, <laughs> in Aquaman, he literally has like a top, what is it? Like a top knot or whatever. So yeah. He, top he, knot, he, yeah. He, he pulled it back. Yeah. Um, so, um, I, you know, I, maybe a little more Aquaman, which is good. Like, again, this is one of the things where, like, if the Aquaman movie that had, that came out after this movie came out first, you wouldn't need, you know, and, or you would do those scenes and they would have some sort of meaning because yeah. you knew the characters were, it doesn't matter. Um, Aquaman was fine, Mark. Let it go. Aquaman was fine, Mark. It was stupid. It was stupid and bloated. Yes, but it was fun. It was fun. You know? It was a, it was it was the Fast and Furious underwater. Like totally I my, my thing with those other movies is just like as long as they're dumb fun at this point, I just don't it doesn't matter to me. I'll just sit there and watch them once and not think about them again. Um so yeah, and the same thing as Wonder Woman, like the very like very little, like we get some like, you know, 
um jason momoa charisma going on which is fine um he's good like it's not the aquaman i would have pictured but he makes it work you know for for what he's doing um uh and yeah all this stuff is fine and there's some you know he thing is like the whole movie is him fighting in the air <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, or on the land, which is well, not he does, like he does. They, they did ex- extend the fight scene with Steppenwolf going for the, yes. the mother box in Atlantis. And uh, Amber Heard gets a pretty cool scene where she's like literally, literally trying to like suck all the water out of his body. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. And he doesn't like that very much. So that was like, no, that was that was a better scene. Like, again, all the fight scenes are just better in this version of the yeah. movie. They make yeah. more sense. Um. And it's just yeah. much more enjoyable, except I think for when we get to the Superman part. Yeah. So, um, and also like this Affleck is good. Like there's nothing wrong with Ben Affleck. He, ben Affleck isn't the problem. He's too old. You know, with, but he, that's, that's the Batman. That's they're the Batman they doing, choose, which is just wrong. But. Yeah. I, I, um, I mean, he still looks good in the suit and he's like, I mean, he fills it out very uh, nicely. Yeah. Um, so like, it, 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 with a better director and a better like script, he could have been a good Batman. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to say anything. Like I, 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 he's fine. Um, he is. We'll talk about the epilogue as a separate thing because there's that's that's I mean, like there are huge parts of this movie we haven't even talked about yet. <laughs> I know, 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 I know. There is. I mean, there's, there's, only, we can't talk about it all. It's four hours long. Um, there are like two big things. Like you know, we can talk about Superman. We haven't even mentioned that they added in like Thanos to this movie. Right, which we're, we're, I, I was going to leave what's his name as like a separate character to talk about Steppenwolf, okay. and then we branch out to all that stuff. Um, the yeah, Superman is the last like major like member of the team, right? That we haven't talked about. And I went back before I watched this movie. I watched like the Ultimate Edition of Batman versus Superman, um, which is on HBO Max as well. And it's also longer than Batman versus Superman. I don't. I think it's three hours. I think. Um, I don't, how, I don't know how much longer that is in the Batman versus Superman. I don't, I don't have any memory. Um, listen, Mark, when I'm gonna when I'm gonna talk about something, I'm gonna do my research, and I'm gonna if I'm gonna not like something, I'm gonna be well educated about why I don't like it. <laughs> um, that movie is very still very bad. There, this Ultimate Edition is is like just like this is better than the theatrical Justice League. That edition is better than the theatrical version of Batman versus Superman. Um, but when watching it, I, I I'm sitting there and I'm like, this Superman that Zack Snyder has like brought to bear, right, is like this miserable, depressed, sad, sort of like selfish demigod who, yes, he saves people, right? He definitely saves people, uh, but he seems to be more concerned with like how people perceive his saving of people than actually saving people. Um, and he also seems to like literally at the beginning of Batman vs Superman, he kills somebody, a human person because they have his girlfriend held hostage, <laughs> you know, also could have, could have just maimed him at least, <laughs> but no, he like vaporized him through a wall. Um, um, and, and so, and, and again, so we carry over into this justice league movie where the whole sort of like tenor of it is that, well, a very literally Superman's death scream 
unlocks the mother boxes, which starts the whole like story of this movie. Um, but they, 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 but so Superman is just as hated as he is liked, right? In, in Zack Snyder's universe of Superman, as many people hate Superman as like him, right? But in Justice League, you're supposed to believe that the world is in like a state of like complete depression and fear because Superman is gone. That's the whole, that's the whole like thesis of it, right? Um, and Batman feels so guilty about, about, I guess, fighting Superman, um, that he, when, when the opportunity arises, he decides that they're going to try to bring Superman back to life, right? Hmm. Um, they bring him back to life with the mother box, um, using the mother box and the Kryptonian ship. Um, and when they do, Superman comes back and he's like, not right or whatever and, and this sort of happens in the, this happens in a much like more compacted way in the theatrical cut but there's a big scene where all of the heroes try to fight superman um and they can't obviously right even one roman can't she can she's not gonna die but she can't like she can't like keep up with them they also explain um, why cyborg's armor decided to just attack superman oh that's right yeah they didn't do that in the other one right no they, they was like he was attacking him yeah, but it was because Cyborg had this vision of the future when Barry yeah. went and hit the speed of light. Yeah, um, and, and so we get the scene, whatever, and and Henry Cavill is a shirt off the whole time, which is the best part of the scene. <laughs> no, the best part of that scene is Ezra Miller's face when he's oh yeah <laughs> in slow motion coming behind Superman and see Superman yeah. turn and look at him and like yeah yeah in super speed or whatever. Yeah. That's some good acting. Ezra <laughs> Miller's just terrified face. Yes. <laughs> um, and like, for me, it's like, in theory, it's cool to see like Superman fighting all these people, right? But again, it's like, we have so little time with Superman in this movie. I just want to see him be fucking Superman. Like, I don't need, what if Superman bad? Like, I don't need that. Um... Well, I, mean, the fight I, get, like, of- I, I think that fight is fine because he literally is just woken up from being dead and he's confused. And right, Lois I know. Is, Lois is the one that gets him back. I, I have issues with the way this movie handled Superman as opposed to the way Whedon handled Superman. I think Whedon's handling of it was a thousand times better. Um, so, uh, well, why don't you explain that then? Why don't you explain that? Just like, I don't know. Like, all right, so... It happens in the same way. Superman comes back. He's confused. He fights the Justice League. Laughably just shrugs them all off like it's yeah. nothing. Mm-hmm. Lois comes into the scene in a different way this time. And they fly away. And yeah. they, go, they cut to the Kent farm. It's a longer scene in this version. Mm-hmm. And you can see his memories like starting to come back. Okay, fine. He goes to the Kentonian ship, which he does in the first movie. Mm. And for some reason, he picks the black costume. Yeah. Comics accurate that he was in a black costume when he comes back from the dead was not comics accurate that he shrugged off the blue suit to wear the black suit. They wanted right. to put him in the black suit for this specific fine, whatever has a very good scene with Alfred that was cut off. Yes. And scene with deleted, Alfred is good in the deleted scenes that they show him in the theatrical cut deleted scenes. They show him in the blue suit, having the conversation with Alfred mm. this time it's in the black suit. Great. Mm-hmm. scene. He shows up and he's literally torturing Steppenwolf. Yeah, I know. 
Like, he's like gleeful about about what he's doing to him. So he saves Cyborg's life. He lets this yeah. ax, Steppenwolf's axe just hit him in the shoulder. And then in yeah. the most like deadpan voice, he goes, basically, I'm not impressed. Yeah. Does some Superman stuff and then is literally beating Steppenwolf's face in and using heat yeah. vision to like saw off parts of his body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's. Oh, it's bad. Like, yeah, it takes a lot for me to be like this. No, this doesn't feel right. <laughs> yeah. At all. Yeah. He's like this like super like I don't, like I'm not going to say sadistic because he's not saying anything, but he's yeah. literally just slowly killing Steppenwolf. Yeah. And, and I think in in general like that's like that's the problem with these movies and Superman in general is just that's not who Superman is right superman and there's and again i'll say that again he almost he gets like stuff half right like sometimes like there's that scene in man of steel where he like is you know lets them like walk him in in handcuffs you know into like into the interrogation yeah. or whatever and like that's that's a superman like that's like look i can break out of these in a, in a moment but like i respect like your laws i respect your world so i'm gonna follow like you know its rules to the best of my ability when i need to like there and i i'll say this now because i think that like this gets this gets said a lot and i think even like comic book fans will say this as well but well like it's really hard to do a superman story because he's so powerful like what are you supposed to do and like my dudes there's been like a hundred years of comic books and like not all of them have been great but they have done plenty of stories with superman where he is superman but has real struggles and real problems. And he, yes, exactly, Marx is focused on the human element. He is all powerful. Yes, you can't shoot a bullet at him and he's going to die, right? But he has emotions. He has connections to the world. He has things that like matter to him. Um, uh, and it says, yeah, I mean like this, the problem with Superman is his power set is OP by nature. If you don't have kryptonite, you're not going to be able to beat him. Yeah. But the problem, the thing is like, people always think like, it's got to be about, it's got to be about like, how do we they think about the physical part of it only, you know, and, and where the best Superman stories, they don't deal with that part of it. Right. And this is why, again, this is, this is the other part of it where it's like back in man of steel, right. Having Jonathan Kent die in a way that was preventable by his son is exactly against the the point of how Jonathan Kent dies in the Superman story. The point of how Jonathan Kent dies is that there's nothing Superman can do to stop it. And that is the that is him learning that he is not an all-powerful being that is able to bend the world to his will. That that people die and sometimes you can't do anything about it. And that fundamental misunderstanding of who Superman is pervades this entire movie through all of it. Um, and through all three of his movies where he deals with Superman and it includes this one as well, where Superman is a like big burly prop to throw at things like that is what Superman is. I mean, thankfully um, he's in the movie for about like 20 minutes. Yes. But um, still it's just that entire scene just rubs me the ro- like, the wrong way like at least we didn't you know figured out like superman should have some sort of like light about him 
And like, yeah, that's the stuff he tried to add to the movie. Yeah. Horribly because of the mustache stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Where it literally (laughs) distracted from every scene. But he at least knew that much. Like, don't have Superman torturing the bad guy. And like, trust me, you want to see the bad guy get his ass kicked, especially because he's kicking everybody else's ass throughout the whole movie. And yes, you want to show that Superman is like uber powerful and comes in and just absolutely manhandles this guy. But there's this scene where he's just like, Steppenwolf is on the ground and Superman is just repeatedly using heat vision and pounding the guy's chest while everything else is happening. Yeah. Like, I have so I mean, many feelings. This... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, sorry. No, no, no. no. Go ahead. Finish your, finish your thought, Justin. I, just, I have so many feelings about like Superman. Like, yes, like there are ways that you could absolutely do a good Superman movie. We did a good Captain America movie in the mm-hmm. right, in the right writer's hands. Superman could be that in a much bigger way. And that is probably exactly what the world needs right now. Bad Superman is also extremely popular, like the Injustice comic series, the Injustice games, like any any story where Superman is the bad guy does very well because people like to eat that shit up. This movie or like the way that Zack Snyder is framing Superman is somewhere in the middle, which if you're going to go all the way, go all the way with it. Sure, I'll watch an Injustice movie. I like that story. But it's so it's like he it's one foot on both sides of the fence you want him to be relatable and you also want the the fear of him being a dictator you can't pick both you have to choose a side yeah i mean there's this thing right where there's in that line that they repeat it's in man of steel and it's also in this when he's walking through the thing and it's jor-el um that like no one day cal they'll join you in the sun like that line which is from the best superman story all-star superman um uh and like but but and he they, they repeat that line as if it's supposed to mean like okay he gets it right he gets what he's supposed to be and then he turns around and does, but there what what are, what are you aspiring people what are what are you giving people as an aspiration you know um and he sticks with the black uh, costume at the end yeah because which, Zack snyder of course would pick the black costume yes that's all that is that's all that is um um and uh and the thing is like what i said about batman vs superman back in the day is like when when like you know when lex luther says like we have to destroy this god because he's not good for the world he's gonna destroy it like we're all ants to him you shouldn't be like man lex luther's got a point <laughs> you know like that's not what you should think in your head when when it's you know and and Zack snyder seems to feel like no Zack Zack snyder seems to feel like no lex luther does have a point <laughs> Like that seems to be the thing. I mean, not this Lex Luthor, who is, you know, insane cuckoo cuckoo pants. Um, uh, I will mention this is not a this is not a Just League invention. It's not a, even a Junkie XL invention, which he rescored the entire movie except for like a couple of moments. Um, Crockett was saying that the part this is the Lex Luthor theme slaps. I don't really remember the Lex Luthor theme. I have to go I will back say and listen this. to it now. The Wonder Woman theme still slaps. It like it like hits your bones like there's, when it when it plays. Yeah, and there's a part where right before they fail, um, where the music is really good, and I, I have um, to I have to try and find that piece of the theme because I don't remember it in the original. Um, so um, so yeah, that's Superman stuff. I just yeah, again, I will agree with you. I think in the Whedon cut, I like what Superman is more. Uh, but again, it like it felt. Even in the reading cut, it doesn't feel in, like, it's, like it fits because we don't have anything before that which shows him being this way. But it did show at least that Henry Cavill was capable of doing the Superman thing and doing it 
well. You know, I said this um, to you during the movie. In the right, in the correct writer's hands, Amy Adams and Henry Cavill could be a terrific Lois yeah. and Clark. They really could. Mm-hmm. I really believe that. It's not Zack Snyder. It's like, no, that's it's not, not, it's not that's, Zack Snyder. No. Because Amy Adams has like nothing to do in this whole movie. And it's like, why did you even cast Amy Adams? No. I mean, th- th- he does the thing which is like the, the worst possible way to handle a character like Lois Lane, which is she literally gives up her entire like passion and life because her boyfriend is gone. And that's like just that's just not Lois Lane like at all, you know, so um, that it sucks. So the other character I want to talk about before we get into like the, la- the epilogue part, which we'll definitely get into is um we're talking about steppenwolf a little bit the villain of, of the movie which despite like i think what is still a bad digital effect he's probably better than he was in the theatrical cut by far because um, he's, he's a little more interesting looking but he still looks like i don't know like a, a effect from like 2002 or something yeah um, especially like facially and, and everything um his motivations are a thousand times more clear yeah, and his story is way he's a way more interesting character in this movie than he was in in Justice League, the theatrical cut where they made him sort of like the only antagonist or whatever. And like because in this, his his thing isn't just like, I'm gonna take these mother boxes and rule the world or whatever. It's like, man, my my boss is really mad at me, and I just wanna get back in his good graces, you know, and maybe if I do this one thing, and he's sort of like a sad sort of like abused puppy, you know, um, in like his interactions when he's not like, you know, with the, with facing off against the justice league, when he's dealing with Desaad, which yeah. is like a whole new thing, you know, for this, um, trying to get back in dark sides, good graces. Let's just basically uh, the, Thanos, the Thanos of the DC universe. Yeah. Um, it was very reminiscent to the Avengers movie where Steppenwolf is Loki. Desaad is uh, the right hand the... man of, Th- of yeah, Thanos, yeah, yeah. and Thanos is dark side. Like it yeah. was very similar to that dynamic where, you know, you have a job, you report back to me, the middle manager, and I'll report back yeah. to the boss. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, it's like I'm not. We're not. You know. You know. It's not really clear what Steppenwolf did wrong at whatever point to get because they're like you have betrayed us or whatever but you don't know what uh, that is so like i, I think I, at one point i missed it i think the first time i watched but it seems like he was going to do a coup like they were going to do a coup oh okay but okay, that he makes says, sense he says i turn i killed all the other betrayers i think he comes to mm. his senses mm-hmm. and he kills everybody else and then goes to dark side and says this is what was going to happen right so we get the same so a so say like you mentioned the Atlantean scene, the scene where he comes and fights the Thymuscarians is also way better and makes the, the Thymuscarians look way more like good at what they do. Because in like in the theatrical cut, they just get their asses whooped and he grabs the mother box and basically leaves. I mean, they still get the, their asses whooped. It just takes longer. They do, but it takes longer, but they at least they do more shit in it. Yeah. You know, it's not like they're just like they, they don't just like fold like cards or whatever when, when he gets there. Um, but uh, we, we see like this. We get the scene where like Diana goes like underneath this like temple or whatever in Greece and um or wherever, wherever they are and uh um finds this like cavern that tells the story of like what happened in the past and we see like this very like Lord of the Rings prologue 
you know, scene where we see like the war of the Atlanteans and the the Amazons teaming up the world of men and the Green Lanterns and the old gods. They have this giant fight against like Darkseid and his forces. And we see Darkseid is there in, in the theatrical cut. Obviously, Darkseid was not there. It was Steppenwolf there. Steppenwolf was the only one there. Yeah. And Steppenwolf, um, was, Steppenwolf was beaten. And in this yeah. movie, it's extremely strange, but they show the big bad of this universe getting his ass handed to him. Yeah, he gets his ass handed to him. <laughs> I mean, by, by actual literal ass. gods, but. Yeah, Ares kicks his ass. Um, kicks his ass big time. Uh, and sends him packing. And like, there's some like, it's cool. Like, like there's like, you know, Zeus and Ares are fighting and Hermes is there. The or Athena, are, sorry. They, the lanterns there's lanterns there. Yeah, there's green lanterns there. Like, that's cool. Yeah. Um, again, all the effects are like pretty bad in it like none of it looks like it's really happening but um and uh yes yeah, very much looked like he was from 300 mark yeah. for sure um they introduce another MacGuffin. yeah another MacGuffin, which is this, this this which we learned come learn is the anti-life equation and you were like i wonder what it is i was like it's got to be the anti-life equation yeah i was like it's a dark side thing if it's a dark side thing it's got to be the anti-life equation um and, and i think in general except wolf's like sort of like journey throughout the movie is like you said, he's feels much more like Loki in the first Avengers movie. Right. Then, um, th then he, then he felt like in that theatrical cut and it, the movie's better for it. He's a more interesting villain. It's not like, I'm not like, again, I'm not saying it's like amazing stuff, but it at least makes the time that you spend with him less of a slog. Right. Cause it, it just, it, it, it's more interesting to see a, a character like doing that, then a character was just like, I'm going to take over the world, you know, or, or yeah. whatever. So, um, anyway, and, he, and, he, and you know, he is also still very strong. So you get a lot of like big action scenes, but between all of it, um, yeah, the dark side thing, like it's neat, I guess, to see dark side. Like I, again, it just, it just feels to me like lack of restraint, you know, in a lot of ways, like, because like dark side means if you don't know the DC universe, Dark side means nothing, you yeah. know, to you. And you are just seeing a guy who got his ass kicked, like being like, I'm coming back. And you're like, oh, okay. Like this guy who kind of looks like a character that we saw in these other movies, <laughs> you know, um, is going to do something. Yeah. And he's going to do what every Superman villain does, which in the movies, which is terraform the earth to look like another earth. It's like every fucking DC movie plot point revolves around somebody trying to get more land for themselves like that is just like it, i'm telling you the the lex luther in the first superman movie it's all about he just he wants he wants more land you're right it, lex luther in superman returns wants more land he's gonna build he's gonna turn it into krypton or whatever fucking zod and man of steel wants to turn the earth into some other land you know dark side wants to turn the world into some other land or wants to make the world all ocean. Like, it's just, that's all, <laughs> that's just like all it is. I don't, under, I don't understand it. I don't understand the creative people at Warner Brothers and DC Films, but they always, they always are like, the crux of this is a shady land deal. <laughs> like, that is like the, the whole thing. Um, <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that stuff is, it's, it, it still makes the movie more interesting than what the other movie was. You know, it, it, it has more layers to what's going on. Um, you know, I still think the, like, I think the movie could have done a better, would, would have been better off sort of like 
leaving that dark side stuff, you know, more to the wayside, like hinting at him. You can have Desaad, you have to mention his name, you know, stuff like that. Um, but, but leaving some of that time and focusing more of that time back onto the heroes, which they're trying to like set up, you know what I mean? Um, that's anytime you waste on that, it's time you're not, you're not playing on that. And that's the one thing that like Marvel is sometimes criticized, right? For their, for feeling like their, their villains are like secondary in a, in a lot of their movies, you know, but it's because they put all the emphasis on the, the, the hero characters and it gives you a relationship to them that you don't have to characters in this movie. Yeah. Um, uh, so like, you know, that, that, that I think could also the mother box idea is just like gobbledygook. It, it like, it, it, like what are, what are they, what are they doing? Why do you know? It's just like, they, they, they try to explain it here and there. And it's a tough, it's, it's a tough ask. Yeah. I'm not saying it's an easy ask. I've read a million comic books with them in it. And I'm still not completely sure not what they sure are either. I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, the stand in for infinity stones. Sure. Yeah. Um, they're sort of the stand for infinity stones, but more I mean, than, they're more than that though. Like, yeah. Characters um, carry mother boxes in the DC universe all the time. So yeah, like, it's, they change some things. Yeah. You know, it, it, it just is one of the, it, it, I mean, it totally is the thing where they just need a bunch of items, you know, to stop the bad guy from collecting. Like that, you know, the, you, that's just, it, that's just like simple math. Well, a boom tube, Andy, is the portal that a mother box makes. I don't know why it's called a boom tube. <laughs> I expected we didn't get any boom tubes from Cyborg. No. I expected there to be at least one boom tube from Cyborg at some point. Next movie. Him being him being like, I figured it out, like and, and use it to like get them in somewhere that they weren't supposed to be able to get into, you know? Um Yeah. No, Mark, I know what you're saying. It's a shortcut for the cinematic universe. Totally. You're absolutely right. Um You know what this movie a, it, really could have done well without? What? The entire nightmare sequence. Yes, the entire nightmare sequence, which is terrible so after so the movie wraps the movie the main part of the movie wraps up and when that like when that like sort of like action scene was over and like you get like that shot of the justice league or whatever i was like okay like this was you know like you said like it's not good but i had a good time you know watching this for this one time um and then they did like the next 20 to 30 minutes which had which included an expanded version of that Lex Luthor Deathstroke scene at the, that, that was in the theatrical. A different version of end. it, actually. Different version of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because in uh, the theatrical, he just says, oh, why, why don't we have our own team up? And in this one, he tells Batman's identity to Deathstroke. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> um, we actually got we an earlier nightmare sequence. I'm sorry to cut you off, but we did get a nightmare oh, sequence when Cyborg did. was connecting with the mother box in a way um where they show wonder woman yeah. on the funeral pyre yes um, yeah, yeah dark side's like on his throne dark side's using the omega beams he kills aquaman he yeah. uh clark is holding lois's charred skeleton we think and that's when dark side yeah. like definitely is lois yeah it's definitely yeah. lois and that's when dark side flips him mm -hmm. um and then you see him flying over the hall of justice holding batman's cowl yeah and then that goes away again yeah <laughs> So then we get, we get this Deathstroke scene and it's like, okay, great. Like I, I mentioned to you, Justin, I was like, at, at some point DC TV slash film decided Deathstroke was like the end all be all of, of DC villains 
to put in all of their stuff. Feels like and Deadpool like, in the Marvel universe. Like at some point, everyone was just like Deadpool. Yeah, and everyone, and like, but I, I get it more Deadpool just because he's like funny and gross and has like a gimmick. Deathstroke is literally just like I'm really good at killing people. You know, he has no like real strong personality. Like it's just you know. Not that I, I don't dislike Deathstroke and like I do like him and he is a good villain. Um, but it's just crazy. Like every he shows up in everything. And I it's just creepy that he is the thing that shows up everywhere is Deathstroke. I feel bad because I know? like the actor who plays him, the guy who played Flash Thompson. Yeah, yeah, Joe Mangiello or yeah, whatever, like, Joe Mangiello. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's good. He's, he's a good dude, like cool dude. Yeah. So like, all right, yeah. when he was like cast at Deathstroke, I was like, all right, cool. Like, yeah. He'll like at least respect the role somewhat. And yeah. then like his never got seen again until now yeah um i don't know i i i I, like i said i watched batman versus superman again i in theory do not think jesse eisenberg is like a bad choice to play lex luther he could be a very interesting choice to play lex luther he could what what they decided to do with lex luther in these movies i just i don't understand at all (laughs) Yeah, I mean, to be fair, there really has never been a really great movie Lex Luthor. Like there have been like good performances, but they never really have been Lex Luthor, you know. And they still don't get it in this one either. Um, honestly, the only person I've ever seen do Lex Luthor really well in like a live action format is John Cryer plays him on Supergirl, and he's it's great. It's like exactly what you would imagine Lex Luthor would be, like exactly. Um. And, and like it's missing he's just like he acts like more like the riddler like in these move in these movies than he acts like lex luther um so there's that scene um oh, was it the scene of him like not being an arkham anymore yeah or whatever um and then it's directly after that the nightmare scene or is there oh no 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 um so we get bruce wayne is like in some sort of glass house on a on a lake that he's sleeping at and he wakes up. No, you're right. The nightmare version comes first because he wakes up oh, from the nightmare. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Scene. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You're right. So we get the nightmare scene first. So it comes. So it's even crazier because it comes right for this scene with Deathstroke being like, oh, I know who Batman is. Now I get to, you know, go kill him or whatever to this nightmare scene where Deathstroke and Batman are on a team together um, along with the Flash and Cyborg. Right. And Mera. Uh and Mera, interesting team up. I'm fine. I'm, I'm, I, I dig weird DC team ups. I'm not, that's uh, on the surface, not a problem with that. Nope. Um, they're all like nervous. You know, this is, he's coming. We know from Batman versus Superman stuff, it's Superman. He's bad. We know what's going to happen. Um, and then we hear another voice, and it's the Joker, played by Jared Leto. Um, and apparently they've teamed up to try to take out Superman. It is implied Bruce Wayne must have stopped taking HGH in the epilogue. Yes. All the scenes that are of, of, of Batman in the new filming, I'm like, he looks like a normal dude. <laughs> I mean, he's still, he's, he's still big. Of course, he's still in shape, but he's, he's still not in shape. Like, he's not yeah. like 250 yeah. with a body fat percentage of like 12. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so anyway, um, it's strongly implied that the Joker killed Lois Lane. Um, see, I didn't get which, that. I, I didn't pick yeah, up I that Yeah, I definitely part. got that. I, I definitely got that from it. Um, 
and but for some reason they decided that he's teaming up they're teaming up to because if you're gonna beat superman you need the joker i i don't like i the, the, it doesn't make any sense to me um in in this scene batman says fuck which i know in Zack snyder's head is like this makes him so much cooler that he says fuck and it makes him less cool let's uh, let just be that it makes him less scary that he says fuck and also joker says the phrase who's gonna give you a reach around <laughs> and i just don't you can definitely tell that the guy who wrote the rest of the movie, which isn't great either, did not write these scenes. You can definitely tell that Zack Snyder was just like sitting in his office, like, oh, what would be cool? Batman says, go fuck yourself. And then Joker says, but who's gonna give you a reach around? Um, it's, uh, I don't know, what did you think of the scene? I mean, it's straight up injustice. Like, all right, so we have the yeah. nightmare, right? We have the nightmare version. Mera's, Mera's gonna kill Superman because of what Superman did to Arthur. Mm -hmm. which is a different version of what the what cyborg saw in the vision mm -hmm. um deathstroke is there all right so then the joker scene and that's what everybody's focusing on is this well this, yeah because it's the main it's the main, main part of joker that scene thing. all right so jared leto's joker let's take the reach around comment and just throw it out the window is a much more interesting joker than whatever we saw in suicide squad well yes um the laugh is i did like his laugh i did like the laugh the laugh is, upset, like is, the laugh. is upsetting it's like a it's very, very upsetting and it's i like a very that. different laugh than any joker has ever done before yeah. i don't think it's a particularly bad scene you know going back and forth between joker and batman minus the, the reach around and the and batman saying i will fucking kill you eventually yeah because the joker is taunting batman about killing robin yes and batman for reasons unknown needs the joker and they're yeah. having this tense dialogue of where they need yeah, batman needs the joker but he's going to kill him eventually and the yeah. joker is like playing up at it and i mm -hmm. don't think i you know say what you will about jared leto he's a psychopath yeah he gets into his roles way too much but i don't think it's a particularly bad scene like he's good at being a psychopath in this scene the reach around comment is just so out of left field. It blows like Batman saying fuck is one thing. Jared, uh, the Joker talking Jared about yeah, Jared Leto, <laughs> the Joker talking about jerking off Batman just like broke my brain. Yeah. So I can't I think like, it's like I, the, I, I, the, the performance in it isn't bad. It's not. But but like, well, the reason I call it gobbledygook is because it doesn't even for this four hour movie. It doesn't need to exist. In it doesn't it. like it, no, doesn't it doesn't bring to anything exist. to it. it. Doesn't bring anything to it. So apparently DC told him wrap it up. Yeah, I heard about wrap this. this up in a big bow. And, yeah. And Zack Snyder being Zack Snyder mm -hmm. says comic books never wrap up. I'm going to I'm going to lay the groundwork for the next issue, you know, issue. Yeah. And that's what this is. And again, he wants to do the bad Superman movie. He wants to do the injustice movie. Yeah. Good, like where he was going to take this, they should never let him do ever. No, no. <laughs> because it's not even that they do, they do the bad Superman thing. I mean, let's talk about the scene and then we'll talk about very quickly where he was going to take this and why it's yeah. a terrible idea. But yeah. like they could have just taken the whole nightmare bit out 
mm-hmm. and had it wrapped up in a big bow and just been like, that's the end. But now, you know, all these people are going to want to continue. Uh-huh. Like, of, course, mm-hmm. of course, that's why he did it. Why DC let him do that? I don't know. <laughs> because we are 100 percent. My guess is the contract he signed said I can do whatever I want. That, that's yeah, what I'm I, guessing. We are 100 percent never going to hear the end of Restore the, the Snyderverse until they actually no. let him do it. Yeah, I know. I know. And then, by the way, let's just wrap this bow up. I like I say I like the laugh. I like the <laughs> no, it, like that like weird laugh. That... No, it's worse than that. You're not. You're not even in the same <laughs> ballpark. I can't do it. I'm not a psycho. It's like. <laughs> like it's like that yeah. high pitched yeah yeah he does um, look like a, a version of this laugh in the suicide squad trailer mm-hmm. it's worse it's, a, yeah. it's unsettling which is what you want but still yeah um so and then Cody, this is like the here. this is like the biggest sort of like fuck you like i think with the superman stuff too is that evil superman lands in front of them and what costume is he wearing the blue costume the blue costume you know and it's just this is what i mean by like I, I say this being hyperbolic but i really think Zack snyder hates superman like i really do he hates like the character that exists that is superman you know I, I, because like he just his idea his idea is to like i need to subvert who superman is without ever giving us like real superman um uh so anyway this scene ends bruce wakes up and he's like oh i guess the nightmare isn't gone or whatever because apparently batman is like a prophet like he's prophetic in this in this universe um and uh um he wakes up and like he's like huh something's going on and he goes outside and there is a caped figure like hovering above him uh lands and it's martian manhunter um and he goes like oh you know i i too like you have seen the bad of this world but now and tried to hide but now want to help um some people call me the martian manhunter and i'm i'll be here if you need me and bruce goes like we could probably use the help which is like also it goes back to bed and he goes back to bed the like most un Batman response, like to like he to this thing, he, he flipped them. He made, yeah, he did flip them. He he made Batman, Superman, and Superman, Batman. Yeah, um, you know, uh, because I always think about. Do you remember um, Justice League: New Frontier? Yeah. Uh, did you ever watch like the animated movie? No, I never watched of it. it. There's this fucking amazing Batman scene in it where you know it's the story starts with john johns or whatever um and you know he's hiding and all this kind of stuff and he's like in his apartment he goes comes into his apartment and batman is in his apartment um and he like you know he basically is like i've been watching you i know who you are um and he kind of like intimidates him he's like he's like he's like um and anything you know he's like and he says his thing is like i've got a He's like, I've got a, I've got a little green rock for the guy with the S on his chest, but all I need for you is a little bag, a little box of matches. And then he just like jumps out the window just to be like, I know who you fucking are. I don't trust you. Like, you know, I'm watching you like type of thing. Um, and like, that's, you know, that's like what Batman, like Batman would not be like, Oh God, like you're an alien and I'm just happy to see you, buddy. Like, 
that's how bad it reacts in those situations. Um, and, and so uh, it is very good. It's it's one of the it's one of the best. I think it's one of the best of those animated DC movies. Um, there's a couple of them I think I think about when I watch these movies, like uh, especially in this in Justice League because there's a Justice League. I think it's I think it's called Justice League Doom, where they yeah. they go to Apocalypse. And they're like, okay, we're going in, we're going to have this big fight. And Batman just sort of like slinks away. And he sets like these like bombs like on like this, like these, I don't remember what it is, his resources in Darkseid's like castle or whatever, his like palace or whatever. And while this fighting is going on, he just walks up to Darkseid and is like, if you don't let, I think he like kidnaps Supergirl or something. He's like, if you don't let Supergirl go, I'm just going to blow up this. And he goes, you'll die. And Dexter's like, you won't do it. You know, you'll die too. And he's like, that's okay. Or whatever. And you know, he, and he, he like, you know, chess matches, you know, the win against him or whatever. And uh, that's stuff I miss from like this. That's why I like to see in something like this. And of course, it's not there, but. Um, uh, oh, yeah, there was this thing I think started talking about in the chat, but apparently there was something that was 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 not either shot or was not allowed to be put back in, which was Bruce and Lois were going to have a relationship. I'm reading about it right now. So this is what's yeah. this is what would have happened. So in two and three, they would have um, Darkseid would have gotten the anti-life equation, but Superman mm. would never have been susceptible to it. So while Superman goes off to Apocalypse to fight Darkseid and he, he tasks Bruce with protecting, protecting. Lois. Yeah. During this scene, during this time period, Lois and Bruce began a relationship, which apparently the studio was like, are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> But this is his idea. Superman comes back to Earth and Darkseid follows him. And in a critical moment, Batman doesn't, say, doesn't mention the Joker at all. But Batman can't save Lois. And in that moment, in Superman's grief, he's success, susceptible to the anti-life equation. He goes bad. The heroes, that's why he's hunting them. Everything goes really bad. They send the Flash back in time to change everything. But at some point during all of this... Batman has to sacrifice himself a la Tony Stark to yes. set the timeline yeah, yeah, correct. Batman and Superman have um Batman is Batman and Superman have a child. <laughs> Amazing. I'm in. I'm in. I'm <laughs> there. Again. Sign me back up. <laughs> Sign um, me back up. <laughs> so Lois and Superman have a child. The child grows up. They take it when the child is of fighting age, take him to the cave, and the child becomes the next Batman. Yeah. This would have all happened in Justice League 2 and 3. While parts of that are interesting, the Lois Bruce thing is the biggest, like, what's wrong well, with Well, the you? original idea was that Bruce and Lois were going to have... Bruce would have fallen in love with Lois in this movie that we just watched. And, the f and, and like, the, the struggle for Bruce would have been, if I, I know I have to bring back Superman, but if I bring back Superman, I'm going to lose the woman I love. Basically. Yeah. Um, God, if you want to make an Injustice movie, just go make an Injustice movie. It'll do very well. You know what they could do? It would be fantastic. Is let this whole shebang happen, right? Let the Nightmareverse come. Let it all happen. And then just do exactly what the games did. And says, how do you beat evil Superman? You bring good Superman back from another universe. <laughs> and, have, yeah. and have all these actors fighting their bad counterparts. And then when this universe gets snuffed out. You have all the good actors already in place in a, in a universe ready to go. Well, I mean, 
what do you think the why they're doing flashpoint though yeah like that's why they're doing flashpoint because they're gonna they're gonna use it to reset everything and keep the pieces they want to keep yeah and exercise the other pieces like that's what they're gonna use it for um because dc cannot reboot anything unless it is in the text of some sort of actual you know fictional thing dc's got um uh which i like some at some level i respect i respect that they can't have a reboot without doing it in the fiction but um if scott if scott center if Zack snyder wants to turn this into a comic book that's fine like let him have his like his like offshoot comic book that does all this stuff that's fine happy happy for him if that's the case um uh but yeah um the crazy thing is we've been talking for almost two hours and I think we have a lot of complaints. It is still infinitely more watchable, I think, than the theatrical cut of Justice League. It is. It is. It definitely is. Like, I mean, there are there are legitimate good things about this movie that I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I agree. I but agree. The parts that don't work don't work in such a way. Yeah. That it drags everything else around it down. Yeah. Um, th- that's what I mean by like saying like, it's more like a fascinating thing to look at than it is like a good, in any way, a good thing. Um, uh, wait, but I-, I will say this though. I am happy that I feel the way I feel about it because I don't feel like I like, I suffered through four hours of time, yeah. which is what I was kind of expecting. You know, I don't, I didn't suffer. I didn't suffer. Um, it, you know, it was a fine way to spend that amount of time. And like, I, like I probably won't I'll never watch the whole thing again. Like maybe I'll watch a scene or two here or there. Um but you know the the, the thing the the thing that I I really aspirationally hope for is that whether it is a series of not connected solo movies, whether it's a bunch of sharded different type of universe stuff, whatever they end up doing, whatever they want to do, that we are at some point able to see like the versions of these characters that I think truly would be very successful and very like pleasing for people to watch, you know, because one of the cool things right about the MCU and the, and the Marvel stuff um, is that it has introduced a whole host of people to characters. They never would have had any idea about without the movies that they ended up loving. You know what I mean? Yeah. And whether it be at the start when no one knew who Captain America or Iron Man or Thor were, you know, or even like where we're at now where you're getting people, you know, spending a lot more time with Wanda or the vision or Bucky or, you know, whoever, um, like there's, these are great characters that have great stories that have been told about them that can be told again. You know what I mean? Groot is another good example. Yes. Mark or any one of the guardians of the galaxy or any, you know, any of these characters, Ant-Man, Doctor the Wasp, Strange. Dr. Strange, you know, I won't say Spider-Man experiments are super famous, um, but you know, all this stuff. And, and I think, that, yeah, their household names and people generally love the characters and, and they love to learn about them and see new things and all this kind of stuff. And the DC, DC has great characters that I don't think you handle them the exact same way that you handle the Marvel stuff. But, you know, I, I think that you can do a great set of movies that stays true to the characters 
um, and, and still make them unique in your own thing. Um, uh, Andy says, what if they took, just took all the CW shows and used those characters and actors in the movies? I mean, the problem is like uh, a lot of them have are done with those shows at this point. It's been a long, they did those shows for a long time. Um, you know, and I think like you can't do it at this point because there's too much. Like there was a time when those shows were first starting and then these movies were also starting. These, you gotta remember like these movies kind of started up around the same time that like these shows were starting up. And there was all that talk about like, are they gonna like incorporate like the two things together? Are they gonna be, you know, the same thing? Um, and you know, but we're, we're so far past that now. But I think DC can easily look to these very successful television shows that they made um, that aren't without their warts, like they're, they're, they're shows that run for 24 episodes a season on the CW, like they're not perfect, but they get the core and essence of the characters way better than the movies ever did. Um, and so I think there's a way you can look at that stuff and try to do it. And especially now that they did like that Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover and they basically made it so like all this stuff is just different universes, you know, in this thing. Cause like Ezra Miller shows up in Crisis on Infinite Earths on the CW shows. Um, uh, so it's like, they're, you know, they're connected, but they're not. And I think like, I, I, I just, I just love some of these characters and I want to see them done in movies, um, it, given justice in, in, in the movies. Um, um, I, I think a lot of, uh, what Cody is saying in chat is, I think the biggest takeaway from this will be WB realizing it can't be the vision of one guy because first it was Snyder they brought in Jeff Johns that didn't work either I hope they do more solo movies and they find a director that can bring together all these characters and keep true to those solo movies I mean yeah but they do need a plan that's the thing and like I don't think they ever they had the right person with the right plan like Jeff Johns is a great comic book writer um that doesn't mean he's a great movie producer you know and um I, I think what happened with DC was when they made Man of Steel, I don't really think they had, they didn't really think like, this is gonna be a, a connected giant franchise universe. They were still riding high off the Nolan Batman stuff and thinking they could just do what they wanna do with these big characters. And then sort of the world changed around them. Um, and and they they tried to do, take one movie in Batman vs Superman and just fast forward through all the work that had been done uh, that Marvel did and it didn't work. And they had the wrong person, I think, also at the helm. But, you know, I, I think, like Mark is saying, Mark said DC needs to find their Kevin Feige. When you have the right person controlling it and making sure things stay true to a certain vision, then you have maybe less autorish, directorially unique movies. But you do, if you're trying to make a connected universe, you need to have some sort of through line that, that connects them in some way. Um, but like I said, it's fascinating that it exists. This the Snyder Cut exists, and I'm glad I watched it, which was not something I was expecting I was going to say yep. before we did this. So, um, I'm there. Um, all right, I think that's going to do it. It's a nice two-hour podcast we just did, about the half the length of of Scott's of Scott Snyder's Zack Snyder's Justice League. You really got it out I, for Scott Snyder. I used to do I used to do that all the time back in the day. Um. You should finish watching it more because I also do want to hear your thoughts on a lot of the stuff that we talked about. Um, uh, Scott Staff's Justice League. <laughs> For sure. Um, if you're listening to this in podcast form, like I said, head over to twitch.tv slash misadventureland. 
um, and come check out the live shows because um, it's great to have people here and interact with chat. Um, it's great to have you here. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Bobby Shortle, Justin. At Justin underscore says underscore hey. Um, I'll be back um, tomorrow if you're watching this live um, playing some Demon's Souls. Going back to Demon's Souls. We'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes. It's been a long time since I played it, so we'll see how it goes. Um, And you can check out, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll see the schedule I put up every week for that. Um, Well, thank you so much, Justin, for going on this adventure with me. It was very nice watching this movie with you, my friend. It was. It was fun. That watch party thing was fun. Um, Thank you to everybody who has been watching and listening. Until next time, wait. What, Cody? I'm in my outro. What do you need? Cody, you can't say wait and then not type. I'm literally doing a podcast. Okay, I'm ending the podcast. Um, <laughs> you missed it. You missed it, Cody, where I'm not talking about it again. You'll have to listen to the, you'll have to listen to the VOD. You literally said wait for that. <laughs> I demand yeah, that you stop this and tell me, did you talk about this and I missed it? Yeah, we did talk about it and you did miss it. Um... <laughs> oh my God. We're going to have words, Cody. <laughs> Thank you to everybody who's watching and listening except Cody. And until next time, be good to one another. Later. These two great friends agree a lot, but when they don't, then the shit gets hot. Throw their C plus in their game.